0: Well, you certainly know how to compliment a woman. Well, if you'll excuse me. Do you know who I am? No, I, I can't say that I do. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Really? People know me. Well, I'm very happy for you. Happy, 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 happy. Ten. Nine.
1: Kizzy's Friday Game Changers, taking your business to the next level. Coming up on Kizzy's Friday Game Changers.
0: But it's a whole way of life that's being punched. There's a whole, it's a whole way of life that's under assault. I'm Brian Stolley, founding partner of Wildcat Venture Partners.
1: Hey, Tanja Lee here, all the way from Melbourne, Australia. I'm a leadership and mindset
0: specialist for real estate and property professionals.
1: Hi, I'm Jonathan from Amplify. Hi,
0: I'm Johnny Cohn, CEO of by Phone UK.
1: I'm Kenneth Haffianu, the founder of Jobwefa, an ethical fashion brand based in Ho, Volta Region, Ghana. My Friday is never the same without Kizzy's Friday Game Changers. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Kids it Friday Game Changers. This week I'm talking to psychotherapist Pamela Garba. Now, Pamela was the victim of an assault while walking alone in New York. Since then, she's made it her personal mission to make sure walkers are safe and free from the threat of crime. In just a few minutes, I'll be talking to Pamela to find out more about her plans to create a revolutionary ride share for walkers. Genius. I'm Kizzy, and this is Kizzy's Friday Game Changers. Listen, learn, and innovate. The world-famous Game Changers Show. Game Changers Show. Game Changers Show. Welcome to the show. This week, I'm in conversation with psychotherapist Pamela Garber. Now, Pamela is the brains behind Never Walk Alone NYC. Now, Never Walk Alone is a proposed mobile app providing walking companionship for personal safety. People who want to feel safe by walking with a partner can order a companion by using a phone with the same format as used in Uber, for example. Pamela, it's amazing to have you join me.
0: Oh, thank, you for, thank you for meeting with me.
1: The, the pleasure is all mine. Um, I'm really fascinated by this um, idea of yours of, for uh, Never Walk Alone. How did the idea of Never Walk Alone come up?
0: Sure. Well, I always walk to work. And, uh, in the city, you know, it's a luxury for a lot of people to be able to walk to work. I would give myself a couple hours. I had a really long walk from uptown to downtown and it was always enjoyable, always for almost, well, yeah, 10 years, just about 10 years, uh, early in the morning and, uh, just whatever the weather was, rain or shine, snow, et cetera. And then, uh, at the end of 2019, it was no. My walk was no longer enjoyable. It felt risky, and I eventually started taking the train and also doing rideshare because of uh, seeing criminals and homeless out on the streets. Uh, people who weren't just wasn't just a, a homeless person always keeping to oneself, but uh, people could be uh, antagonistic and hostile. And the police that I was so accustomed to seeing were no longer there. So there was an increase in criminal activity on the streets, an increase in antagonistic, risky people and situations on the streets. I would walk by, I would see someone in the middle of uh, using drugs, and no police, a decrease in police around. And that got me thinking uh, that there must be a way to restore being able to walk peacefully and 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 safely, so I, w- I had that in the back that had the idea in the back of my head since the end of 2019.
1: Right, so you had the idea for the app in your mind before the attack.
0: Definitely, in fact, the day of the attack, uh, crazy enough, I was thinking about how I was going to tell the people I was meeting with about my idea. Uh, these you know, friends of mine who were also very entrepreneurial and live in the city. And I was excited to tell them about it. We had not seen each other for a while, uh, just with COVID, et cetera. And we were meeting at this little bar on the Upper East Side and uh Beach Cafe, just a, you know, real calm place. And I I was thinking about my idea telling them. And that's Just before the attack happened.
1: Wow. So it sounds like the universe was tapping you on the shoulder and saying, you've got to make this app happen.
0: (laughs) Yeah. A lot of synchronicity, definitely. Some kind of Jungian synchronicity to that because uh, it certainly was a a reinforcer, uh, a motivator for me to continue on the pathway of, of working on the project. Tell me
1: about the attack itself. I know you're a walker. You would like to walk. Were you walking to work or coming home from work at a time?
0: So that's the thing. I I was walking to meet my friends. And so I'm walking to this little bar called the Beach Cafe, just very uh, casual, low-key place on a casual, low-key Saturday afternoon on the Upper East Side, not a not one of the lively New York spots, just a calm street on Third on Avenue. And uh, as I was walking, uh, on my right-hand side, out of the corner of my eye, I see this homeless girl, 30s, in her 30s, uh, and something registered. I mean, I'm always vigilant and i always notice people and I'll just move away. I'll, I'll act as if I didn't see someone. I won't make eye contact, minding my own business. And and hope that the other person will mind their own business. And uh, but something felt like a live wire. Live wire is what came to mind for me. And you know, like the live wires you see on the street, you know, God forbid, you know, after a rainstorm. Uh so I picked up my pace and I thought I gauged enough distance. I can usually create distance quickly. This was the one day, Murphy's Law, I was not wearing sneakers, but I picked up my pace. However, something just inside me made me want to turn around just to gauge the distance. I figured, you know what, this was weird, but I'm just going to look, I'm going to see the distance, and I'll know there's enough distance, and then I'll keep going. So I turn around, and she's right behind me, and that's when she starts hitting me. So she would have hit me had I not turned around. I would have been surprised. and. You know, thank God she didn't have anything on her. It was only her fist hitting my head, nothing else in her fist. But she punched me, I believe it was three times uh, before I could get away. My sunglasses fell to the ground. I, for a second, contemplated picking them up, but I didn't. Uh, got away from her. And I mean, I remember a second looking at her and I was crying. And it just took me a second to, to get the wherewithal to get away, just the timing of it. you At know, first, it takes a second to register what the hell's going on. Then that punch, um, she was muttering stuff to me, just her own talk about uh, you're next, you're next, things like that. And I got away, went into a grocery store, called the police. And while I was waiting for the police, another woman was assaulted. She was pregnant, came in. So the police uh, came in, there was an ambulance outside. And so then we went into the ambulance, each of us individually. The police were very thorough, very kind, uh, offering for us to go to the ER. Uh, the girl went, I did not, um, but they checked vitals, et cetera. But the one thing that the police did not do, they didn't show any uh, effort to go get the the assaulter. They didn't, you know, they took information about her, uh, but they didn't make a move to get her. And obviously, the quicker they would have gone, I mean, I'm not a detective, but I know the faster you move on something, the more you're going to get the person, you know. Uh, so she wouldn't have had a car waiting for her. She obviously was going to strike again, but they did not get her. And that whole thing stayed with me. That whole, um, event stayed with me from the kindness of the police to the attack to me, to uh, how she attacked someone just immediately after me and also how the police were not removing her.
1: Do you have any idea why the police seemed reluctant to, to track her down and, and arrest her?
0: Yeah. You know, I do. Of course my idea is from the outside looking in since I'm not in law enforcement and, uh, this, but, but being trying to be an informed person, I know, I know that the system in which the police operate has changed. And I know that because I witnessed 10 years of the police being uh, present and vigilant and proactive, where this, uh, we're, we're letting someone go. Uh, would not have been the case. So I know it's not, I know the answer to your question doesn't lie within the individual officers and the individual detectives. So I know it must be something within the system. And I also know that there's more at stake then. You know, if it's something within the system for the police, there's also something within the system for everyone, you know, for all three sides. For the victims of assaults, there's a system and for the criminals, there's a system, so there's this collective system that's making this all possible, and there's also more at stake within this. It's not just one individual person being assaulted, not that that's not significant that matters greatly, but it's a whole way of life that's being punched there's a whole It's a whole way of life that's under assault.
1: How did this attack affect you personally
0: uh personally, I am more vigilant um more concerned about the safety of myself and loved ones, I limit what I do. Well, I was anyway. I mean, there was a time, you know, during that ten-year span when I was walking to work, etc. You know, I would just—I would think nothing of going to the grocery store at eleven o'clock at night. If there was a store or a drug store at eleven o'clock at night, rather, uh, it, it just didn't occur to me. Or I, you know, get an invite to go meet someone, going to go, you know, wherever. The logistics was not the same thought didn't require the same thought that it started to require at the end of 2019. And now forget about it. I mean, I guess, I guess if anyone's benefiting from this, it's, it's the car services, you know, I'm much more inclined to take a car service or forego plans altogether or have people over.
1: Extraordinary. Um, I'm, and I know that you're not alone in all of this. So i um, street crime seems to be a a permanent way of life and something that we feel that we should get used to, but um, you're, you're suggesting uh, some sort of proposal, a remedy that you think could help improve safety for walkers. What is it?
0: Sure. So I envision it as an app, but it, this concept is still something that I'm developing and uh, this concept can exist. This concept of walking companionship can exist in uh, other, say, containers. If we say that an app is like a container to contain, I don't know, the the water or whatever beverage, you know, uh, there could be other containers too. But the idea of accessible walking companionship that can be uh, orchestrated, ordered and coordinated the way you would coordinate anything else from ordering something to having a ride share i think is uh, a a a possible solution to an aspect of the problem not that not that walking companionship would solve the entire problem which is uh criminals on the streets not being arrested and being free to assault people multiple times without consequences—that's a problem. I wish walking companionship could solve that problem, but what it can solve is it, it, it could it could mitigate some of the vulnerability that makes people more likely to be the victim of a crime. Uh, reading about victims and hearing about you know the stories in the news—an overarching factor is that people who are harmed are alone. They're often alone. And so the walking companionship would would mitigate that.
1: So walk me through how you envisage this app working. Um, I'm a keen walker. I would like to take a stroll um, through Central Park um, on Tuesday at four o'clock in the afternoon. What do I do?
0: Okay, so I'm going to take you through the smaller version first, and then the larger version. The smaller version is you're part of something, whether you live in a co-op and you're part of that community, which I'm going to use that as an example, or you're part of a church, uh, part of a church synagogue, part of uh, an athletic club, or... You know, political, educational, whatever, or where you work. You know, say you work at uh, Goldman Sachs, for example. You know, there could be something like an intranet. The way an intranet is for the people who are part of this organization, there would be an app or some sort of computer program. Call on an app because it's the simplest container to visualize. So there's an app for this organization. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Put you in a co-op, so to speak. Um, so, just for sake of argument, if you go along with me on this, so you were living in uh, in an apartment in New York that is uh, a co-op. It's owned uh, with you know all the people who live in the building are owners, and and they're there and they tend to know each other to some degree or another and know each other by face if if not anything. So you were living in this building, and you want walking companionship. There is either a computer intranet, well, an app that is accessible only for your building and your building will utilize this app uh, which will work similar to to Uber or other ride services uh, where you'll plug in the same information. i here, this is my starting point. My end point is going to be um, 5th and 51st and i need to leave at 8 a.m and then you'll get responses from that uh there'll be an immediate way to do that and then there'll be uh, a scheduling uh system for doing that um initially uh this could also be done without an app through you know a different device through um you know computer programs something like that i like an app because it would be accessible on the phone but that would be the smaller version, a smaller you know a community that's connected uh through housing or membership or employment you know if it was say Goldman Sachs now I'm gonna take you out uh into finance, you're an employee at Goldman Sachs, and Goldman Sachs has this app solely for their employees, and their employees are coordinating um a weekend uh where a few three employees are going. Out to brunch around the same time, they could look on the app and coordinate uh, going to whatever neighborhood they're going to go to. I mean, it doesn't necessarily line up perfectly where someone may walk alone a portion of the time. Um, But uh, if I called it Never Walk Alone 80% of the time, it wouldn't, (laughs) the the title wouldn't work. So, uh, but anyway, there would be some coordination. And really, this could even be. Uh, for subway I mean there's more in the companionship than solely the walking it could be errands and could be taking the subway and you know I mentioned Goldman but tragically uh a Goldman employee was murdered on a train actually going to brunch coming into the city on a weekend um just a, a random act of violence well random heinous random murder I mean didn't it just all the person was doing was was sitting on the train to come into the city so i'm not saying that if someone else was on the train too that this wouldn't have happened but um but more than more often than not you hear about you hear about these things happening when someone's alone there's something about being alone that makes someone more um of a vulnerable target
1: right so um in terms of security Would you be responsible for vetting uh, people using this app to ensure that they don't have some sinister criminal record that you should be aware of?
0: See, that's the whole thing too. So, short answer, yes. Now, if it's with the organization, the organization would be responsible for the vetting. So, say Goldman Sachs has, you know, they're thorough, I would imagine, and I'm not an expert on, I'm just using them as an example. Um, Nice public company, I would imagine they aggressively vet their employees. Uh, Or if it's a, a co op in New York, you know, the employees are vetted. So, if it's a smaller organization, it would be up to the organization. To provide the vetting, my vision is something that that would involve uh, a background check and an interview and uh, also some sort of mental health even a mini what's known as a mini mental status exam but some professional assessment uh, psychological assessment uh, with a background check and an interview uh, but, you see, this is where I run into how you not only is it not good to walk alone but you don't want to go into business alone at least to me in a certain businesses so i'm walking alone right now in this, but i don't um i don't you know at some point i'll need someone else to walk with me um there's a company called Joby aviation i'd I'd like to walk with them in this business, but I would need a a partner to coordinate to coordinate all the larger aspects. And one thing you brought up is really paramount, being able to to vet the attendees, to vet the members. This would be a membership-only app.
1: Okay. Um, moving away from the question of uh, safety, let's talk about the practicalities of the app. Um, are you a coder?
0: No, no. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, I mean, I've read a little bit about wireframes and did some research, but no, uh-uh.
1: No, you, I, honestly, I don't think <laughs> you have to be. Are you, all you have to be able to do is to find good coders that you can trust. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, um, I, I think the idea itself is is an incredible one, and it could really make a huge impact. Um, but in terms of um, practicalities, you, you the the app itself would have to be um, compatible with a number of platforms. Uh, obviously, Android. Apple um, and also, I don't know. Do people still make apps for Microsoft? Is that still going?
0: I, you know what? I, on the short answer, I don't know. I've been more focused on uh, the the trademark and the patent and the development. That the technical is uh, is is something that I'm now just beginning to get an awareness of and learning. more about the mechanics of it sure. okay. so yeah not uh you know you think of a like a bird needs two wings to fly i i i am looking for someone who can be um engaged in that aspect of it and participate in, in the development of this
1: okay that's so, uh, i was gonna ask yeah. you what, what what are your priorities well what, what is it you need at this stage
0: at this stage, more coverage about the concept, which sounds counterintuitive when uh, one is creating something. You think usually the thing the the top. I always say you can only have one card at the top of the deck. The card at the top of the deck, outside of having a good prototype, would be uh, would be guarding your your product until you have everything in place. One would want to keep their ideas shielded um, because you want to have all the legal aspects um, in order to protect your idea from, you know, from being stolen. Um, For me, I I do have a trademark. So I have that and my biggest asset would be having, or one of would would be partnering with the right company that would have the in-house technology and also the marketing. And so for me to have more attention for the concept, even if it, means that there could be consequences or even if it's not the standard thing to do the more attention that i have about the concept of this the more uh the more substance i'll have when i eventually do get to meet with a company that could be a potential partner
1: okay well hopefully this uh, conversation today will be a small step towards helping you achieve that goal.
0: Yes. Oh, definitely. This will be.
1: Brilliant. Okay. Um, uh, one last question I was going to ask you. Um, in the past, you've gone on record to say that uh, the private sector solving the crime problem is it's something that's very important to you. Well, Pamela, why do you think most people accept violent crime as being normal?
0: Uh, I think... I think- there's different reasons for that. I mean, in my practice, I say that you can have a hundred people do the same behavior for a hundred different reasons. So I think there are different reasons, but you said most. Um, I think this I think because our way of life is under assault, there's some mentality that's been um, that's that's been able to spread without without much immunity. To prevent it from spreading, and this mentality is that we don't deserve our way of life; that somehow violent crime is par for the course of being in the city, and uh, and then people people sometimes very smart, you know, very uh, well, you know, educated and or accomplished or intelligent people without whatever specific education or a specific accomplishment, people uh, throw out so many explanations for the specific of one person assaulting another. And what's what's such a narrow problem is made to be a broad problem. So the problem isn't defined accurately. So there's no solution. I I was talking with a friend and it was after my assault. And the friend started talking about the cost of rent in New York. And the cost of rent in New York is not making people physically punch other people. And if you say something like that, there's nowhere to go because people are invested in their own explanations. Everybody's an expert., uh, not to say that desperate times don't lead to desperate actions, not to but but the problem becomes so broad that the specifics of the problem are lost. That combined with this mentality that, we're not entitled to the way of life that we had been accustomed to. All of that combined is a breeding ground for crime growing and becoming permanent.
1: It's almost as though that we, we've, we've accepted this learned helplessness that, you know, there's nothing we can do about it. So why even try? And that can only make the problem worse, couldn't it?
0: Okay. So Martin Seligman came up with learned helplessness, a uh, very famous psychologist. That's the whole thing. That's uh, learned helplessness. That uh, That's the mentality that even when I can escape, you know, animals who were used and abused from, for testing uh, be, have their cage opened and they won't, they won't leave the cage because of learned helplessness um, that's a mentality that we can't free ourselves or see a way out that we're just stuck. And it's supposed to be like this, you know, definitely hit the nail on the head with that phrase, except, except in this case, there's another layer to it. The learned helplessness, which the research was done on animals, um, and how they would not, you know, as I say, free themselves after, after being abused because of learned helplessness. But here, the learn helplessness is marketed. It's it's like instead of uh, Calvin Klein, whatever, you know, jeans and whatever is marketed through Calvin Klein or et cetera. Instead, it's this mentality that we're not allowed or we're not entitled to a certain way of life. That's marketed.
1: Well, I think we can all we can all relate to that. And I think that's something that we should all be aware of. And maybe we should all try and make that difference we want to see in the world. Now, if somebody listening to our conversation today would like to get hold of you to see how they can help you, what's the best way to get through to you?
0: The best would be email, uh, which is my first and last name at Gmail, Pamela Garber, P A M E L A G A R B. Isn't boy, E-R, at Gmail.
1: Done. Okay. Well, um, I know this is the first couple of steps that you're taking on a very long journey, and we would like to walk alongside you for as long as we can. Yeah. So please keep us, keep me in touch, and um, if there's anything that we can do here at the Friday Game Changers to help push this idea along. Please get in touch with me, Pamela.
0: Thank you so much. This is a huge help.
1: Until then, I've got to say, it's been fantastic talking to you. Good luck with the app. And again, anything we can do, just drop me a line. Thank you so much. Right. Well, uh, Pamela's an incredibly inspiring story is a, a great reminder that one person, one person can make a difference and everyone should try. I think it was the Dalai Lama who said that anyone who thinks that they're too small to make a difference has never tried to fall asleep with a mosquito in the room. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Listen, to game changers like Pamela are teaching us every day. Listen, learn and innovate.